Well, hello and welcome once again, everybody. I trust that yesterday's time of prayer was an incredible blessing for you, that it deepened your relationship with the Lord, that it enriched your relationship with the Lord, that it reminded you of who He is and who it is that we speak to when we come to the Lord in prayer. I trust that yesterday was a time of incredible worship and adoration before the Lord for you. Today we are speaking about prayers of confession and repentance. And really, this is a difficult one because our sinful natures don't really like the idea of confession and repentance. We've got to really put our pride in our pockets. In fact, not just put our pride in our pocket. We've got to get rid of our pride totally to genuinely repent and confess of things that we know we need to before the Lord. When we confess and we repent, we admit that we're weak and we make mistakes. And sometimes we don't like to do that. But really, confession and repentance are at the heart of the Christian faith. They are the turning point between unbelief and belief. Confession and repentance is really a continuous reminder to us that we're at war with our earthly natures and we, we need God and His power to be able to enable us to live the life that He's calling us to live and that there's nothing in and of ourselves that we can bring to the fore that will help us to have this victory. Jesus is the one who's won it for us. He's the one who sustains us. With him at our right hand, we'll never be shaken. Confession and repentance just reminds us that we are solely dependent and wholly dependent on our God. In the same way that we cleanse our hands and wash ourselves before we get dressed in the morning or before we get into bed at night, so prayers of confession and repentance are reminders to us that without God's Spirit in our lives, without God's presence in our lives on a day-to-day basis, we're likely to stumble, we're likely to be mess, to mess up and to make mistakes and to be stained and to bear the consequences of sin. Confession and repentance really earths us. It grounds us, it roots our lives in the love of God and keeps us humble and enables us to be a blessing to others throughout the day. And so as we pray today, I want to encourage you to take some time to sit down and to really ask God, like David asked him, to search our hearts, to search your heart, to reveal to us any offensive way so we can bring it before the Lord and repent of it. For some of us, there are things we have done that are ungodly and an offense to God that we don't know about and we need the Spirit to reveal that to us. But there are also moments and times and things in our lives that we know are sinful and ungodly and as I'm talking about it you're thinking about it now you know what it is you're conscious of your mistakes and you haven't yet brought it before the Lord I want to encourage you to bring it before God and possibly even to ask God to give you someone to repent to the times when repenting before the Lord is all that we need to do but there are other times where we need to go after having spent time in prayer with the Lord and go and confess to another brother or sister And so receive freedom and healing and restoration. Don't put it off. You know, God's word is full of prayers of confession and repentance. And one of my favorite is in Psalm 51 where David's repenting, where he confesses his sin before the Lord. I've learned so much from David about his confession in this psalm. The psalm is actually a lament where David cries out to the Lord for forgiveness. He felt the conviction of his sin so much so that it felt to him, he says, as though his bones were broken. And David knew that his sin with Bathsheba was ultimately a sin against God. And so he turns to the only one who can clean him. And he says, Lord, purge me with hyssop so I shall be clean. Wash me so that I can be whiter than snow. 
He says, Lord, hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquities. Deliver me from blood guiltness, O God, O God of my salvation. David confesses his sin and seeks the Lord for forgiveness. Church, I want to encourage you this with this. Whenever we identify sin in our lives, we need to confess it and receive God's forgiveness. If we confess our sins, God says he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Confession involves honesty. We are honest with ourselves and with God. We freely admit what we've done. We recognize our weakness. We recognize the old self keeps wanting to raise itself up again. We need to constantly suppress the flesh and admit where we've made mistakes. We don't excuse it or blame others for it. We don't call it less than it is. We also don't merely confess our sin with broad brush strokes and say, Lord, forgive me for my sins. I think prayers of confession and repentance need to be specific prayers, calling out specific things, sins we've committed, sins both of commission and omission, sins that we've done and things that we haven't done that we should have. David writes in Psalm 32, I acknowledge my sin to you and I did not cover my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgression before the Lord and you forgave my iniquity of sin. You know, prayers of confession like that really require humility. We really have to humble ourselves before the Lord. We have to recognize that God is God and we are not. That's what we helped establish yesterday. We're not the ones who can save ourselves. We need to rest and rely on his mercy and grace for us in Jesus. Jesus received or had the wrath of God poured out on him. The wrath we deserve for our sin. And in Christ we're forgiven, justified and made righteous. And so I want to encourage you, church. Spend some time now today. Jotting down and making a list and coming before the Lord with that list of stuff that you know you need to lay at his feet and repent of and ask him for forgiveness for. And then ask for forgiveness with a humble and contrite heart and genuinely repent. There's a gentleman by the name of Charles G. Finney. And he says this, a revival always includes conviction of sin on the part of the church. Backslidden Christians cannot wake up and begin right away in the service of God without deep searchings of the heart. The fountains of sin need to be broken up. In a true revival, Christians are always brought under such conviction. They see their sins in such a light that they often find it impossible to maintain a hope of their acceptance with God. It does not always go to that extent, but there are always, in a genuine revival, deep convictions of sin and often cases of abandoning all hope. In oneself. Church, if we want revival, we need to set ourselves up to be humble before the Lord. We need to ask God to strengthen us. We need to ask Him to enable us to confess and to remember that He knows all anyway. And we need to find the freedom to speak to Him with honesty. And to consecrate ourselves. You know, God says to the people of Israel, He says to Joshua, tell the people to consecrate themselves for tomorrow I do a new thing. If we want God to do a new thing, if we want revival in our city, in our church, in our land, Christians need to start by admitting their faults and repenting before the Lord, forgiving each other, forgiving ourselves and allowing God to cleanse us so we can overflow with the goodness of God. Bless you as you seek the Lord and as you repent. And as you pray prayers of repentance 
and seek the Lord's forgiveness today. May he release you, may he free you, and may you experience the power of the living God at work within you through repentance and confession in Jesus' name. Amen.